Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello everyone, it's Jamila here, and I know what you're thinking. It's not Friday, so what is a new episode doing in the iWay feed? Well, this is something a little bit special that we wanted to share with you. A free episode of my new bonus series, Ask Jamila Anything, where me and a special guest answer your questions. These bonus episodes are amazing. I bring on people that I love and respect, the former iWay favorite, Scarlett Curtis, for example, and we have loved listening to your questions and doing our best to give you the most helpful advice that we can. This episode is with another iWay favorite, Brittany Floyd Mayo, otherwise known as Trap Yoga Bay. You loved her episode on the podcast as well you should have, and I'm obviously obsessed with her. In this episode, we don't go into as much depth of her story as we did on the main podcast episode, which if you haven't heard it yet, you absolutely should. But in this one, she's more so using her life experience to help others. And the advice she gives is so incredible and empowering. Plus, she shares a few more ratchet affirmations and who doesn't need those? So we have new episodes of Ask Jamila Anything coming out every other Tuesday exclusively on Stitcher Premium. And you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium if you go to stitcher.com forward slash premium and use promo code IWAY when you choose a monthly plan. That's stitcher.com forward slash premium, promo code IWAY. IWAY is one word, I-W-E-I-G-H. Thank you so much for listening and please enjoy this episode with the glorious wisdom and goddessness. That's not a word. That is Brittany Floyd Mayo. So today I am joined by my friend and a true icon of mine. Her name is Brittany Floyd Mayo and she is a life coach, a yoga instructor and also just an entrepreneur, a role model, a super mother, a super woman and I couldn't have thought of anyone better than her to come here and and help me answer your questions today. And so because maybe you're not familiar with Brittany yet, you better follow her. Um, let's get to know the woman and the icon. How are you? Ooh, I am good, especially after you read me like that. That was such a good read. Thank you, Jamila. No worries. I mean, that came off the top of my head because I genuinely think these things about you all the time. How how have you been? I've been, I've been pretty good. Yeah. Um, obviously, like everyone else, I'm navigating um, in what they call these unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, I've I've been able to continuously show myself my resilience and my my desire to thrive and help other people. So I'm feeling good about what I've been able to accomplish and who I am in this world and how I how I how I contribute to society. 
100%. So let's start off with the yoga, because this was one of the first things that I heard about you. Someone recommended me to you because they said that you were the best and most fun yoga instructor <laughs> in the world and that they were obsessed with your classes. And and also they told me that part of what made you stand out is that you were one of the only prominent or just only black yoga instructors, you know, especially in big cities like New York and San Francisco, etc. And so I was just wondering, what was your journey like into yoga, this incredibly white space? Yeah, so yoga is amazing. But a lot of people don't know that because when we think about what yoga looks like or what the what a yogi looks like, many of us are excluded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just being a black woman. It's being someone who's full figured or, you know, not flexible or of a certain socioeconomic status. And so um, I'm really grateful that it's been well received. But my journey into yoga really started in college. Um, I had massive anxiety and anger issues, um, which actually caused me to be quite violent. And it wasn't until um, I got into a physical altercation my freshman year and they were like, look, girl, you got to figure something out because you can't just be around here slapping people, you know, Um, and and I had to go to therapy and I had to go to yoga. And it wasn't the first, second or third yoga class. It was about the fifth or sixth that I realized this is really an amazing tool, so much so that I changed my major to positive psychology and social behavioral studies. And it really just transformed my thinking. And so after I graduated, I did what most people do. Um. I totally left it all behind, right? Like, oh, this is so great. And now let me, I'm healed and move on. Um, And then I got married and had kids. Uh, That marriage ended up being very abusive mentally and physically. And when I finally got the strength to walk away, I asked myself, when was the last time you felt like you, Brittany? And it was a yoga class. So from there, I went um, I, I went on this Eat, Pray, Love journey where I studied at uh, the Hariyom School of Vinyasa in India. Then I went to Brazil and China and really refused to come home until I figured out who the fuck am I? And when I found myself, it felt so good. But then when I got back home, I realized that this this newfound glory of self-love was not going to last if I was going to continuously be surrounded by broken people mm. and more specifically broken women. And now that I could see that because I'm I'm no longer in the eye of this storm of self-hate and self-depreciation and self-martyrism, I I, I went on a crusade um, to give people the gifts that the universe gave to me, which was self-love and healing. Amazing. And what was it like entering into, again, a space where you didn't feel like you necessarily saw not just other instructors, but also clients that looked like yourself? It was tough. Um, I remember my first class back in America, um, I went in and I instantly felt inadequate. And that wasn't a feeling that was new to me in a yoga class, but it was the first time that I knew that I actually was qualified to be in a yoga studio. And I could realize that it wasn't my own senses, sense of inadequacy. It was the space wasn't made for me. Mm. So before I, I would, you know, not sure, wouldn't be sure if I had on the right outfit or if I was doing the moves right or no one, people would stay behind and like spark up conversations with folks after class, but not me. And I just thought that it was me. But then when I came back and I'm like, I'm a certified yoga instructor, like I do this shit and y'all still don't want to make me feel welcomed. Mm. Well, fuck your table. 
I'll go build another one. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a friend who owned a, a dance studio in San Francisco, California, and she offered me the opportunity to teach a class. Um, and I said, I just need creative control. She said, do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, well, I want to do it with trap music. I want to twerk. I want to curse. I want to to have this kind of cathartic experience that feels culturally relevant to me, the way that I would want um, to 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 do this this yoga thing. And I actually didn't think that anyone would show up, Jamila. Um, oddly enough, my very first class, ninety two people signed up. It sold out within days from one post on a Facebook. And I and and what that helped me realize is, wow. There is a huge gap in a, a, a void in the yoga community, um, and so you know that those classes were going really great. I got called by some some pretty famous people like Two Chains and Erica Badu to open up for them or do marketing campaigns. And on one hand, you know it was amazing. I'm now traveling all across the country because I can't do this just in in San Francisco. People need me everywhere. Black, brown, queer women, full body women need me everywhere. But then the yoga community, right? What did they say? They fucking hate me. <laughs> they, oh, really? They do not like, no, I'm not, I was not They're very, giving you a kind of namaste oh, away from me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I used to, I, not as much now, but in the beginning, I would get emails telling me that I denigrate the message, asking me who, what my lineage was. Um, did they know that I was bringing shame the to them? What do they mean? What's your lineage? Yeah. So in yoga, it's this, this, this big thing, like, who's your teacher and who was their teacher? And, you know, do you, where's your Shakti? And do you, do you know? Like, did your teacher come from, you know, Yoganandi? Like all of these sort of things. It's this purest approach. And the good thing was I had already found my confidence and I found myself. And so I became what what you could call unfuckwittable. Right. And I started making it very clear. I don't I don't care. I don't care about yogis in the sense that I'm not here for you. I am here to bridge the gap between cultural relevance and self-care. I am here to teach women that self-care looks like you. It can be fun. My class is not made for someone who goes to, you know, to Bikram yoga or core power six days a week. My class is made for someone who, who, who feels selfish when they take five minutes for themselves, who I have to, the way that I've been able to market this company isn't even as like, hey, come do yoga. I'm like, hey, come throw that ass in a hill circle like it's it's going to be easy there's going to be a dj there i'm going to curse you're going to see other people like you and a lot of people don't even realize until they get deep into the class 10 minutes in that oh shit like this 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 is actually yoga it and and that is that idea of that is what pushed forward and so when i'm in houston a city that had never been in before and my classes have three four hundred people on a weekend, 400 people times 16 classes, same thing in New York, same thing in Chicago. I, I have to remember that all of these people who are positively receiving what I'm doing, they, they, they are way louder than a couple of people who think that they know what the fuck they're talking about. And who are also tremendously threatened. Who, who are super threatened. Yeah. Um, yoga threatens, um, black Christianity. So, so then they say, you know, um, because I was Pentecostal before, you care more about good vibes than the good Lord, whatever. Sure. I care about love, right? And if mm-hmm. we understand who God is, God is love. And if I am bringing love and I'm teaching people how to love themselves, 
fuck what you're talking about. I'm doing God's work. And the same thing for for yogis, you know, uh, this isn't what yoga is. Well, these women were never going to walk into a yoga studio because of of that purest attitude. Mm -hmm. Because every time they look at an ad, they see white women, they see thin women, they see women who... Who look like they've been doing yoga for years. Who look like they've been doing yoga for years. Yeah, you never see a picture of a beginner. Right, who can't touch their toes. And people say that all the time. They're like, I want to do your yoga class, but I'm not flexible. And I'm always like, are you ever you know, too dirty to take a bath. And they're like, what? No. If I'm like, okay, so you're never too inflexible to do yoga. You don't do yoga because you are flexible. And that's the image that's been painted. You do it to get that way. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I, I focus so much energy on breaking down those barriers. And I, and I seek out companies who have pushed that image and say, Hey, let's, let's shift that narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, um, people see me so deeply in partnership with Lululemon, which is a brand who is largely for years pushed that image. And now, you know, they're, they're sponsoring the events. They're making sure that I have those outfits on. They're letting me say out loud. Yeah. They, they did not, you know, represent us in a way then, but look, here we are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a new day. Yoga looks like you. Self-care looks like you. Do not let anyone take that, 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 um, that desire to, mm-hmm. to solve your issues and find yourself. And there are so many paths for self-actualization. I just am a huge proponent of yoga. And so that's what, what I'm giving out. One of my favorite things about you is your uh, your ratchet affirmations. Will you just quickly yes. tell me what that is? Yes, ratchet <laughs> affirmations um, are real world sage advice, but they kind of sound like rap lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one, and I have hundreds, um, come from experiences that I've had before. So something like, you can accept someone for who they are, but not fuck with them for that very same reason. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you were not that sucker's last uh, last resort. You were just the most convenient one. Just little little tidbits that I could, remember. Could I have a there. I have a meditation from you that Ooh. just goes, and you're like wonderful, much sexier than my voice. You need to calm the fuck down, and it made me laugh so. Much. I like. Yes. I'm so obsessed with what you do, and it and you're you're so unpretentious, and you're so accessible, and you're so fucking bright, and I just I'm I'm so glad that you're here. I want to talk yes. a little bit about. The trauma that led you to be that that violent teenager or that lost 20-something who needed to re-access herself, you mm-hmm. know, like you've not had an easy life mm-hmm. and you're such a role model to me because of the ways in which you've taken your pain and you've recycled it and put it into to good for everyone. You've kind of decided to inject positivity into yeah. the world via the way you filtered so much trauma and... And I would love to talk to you a little bit about things that you've experienced, you know, even, you know, from as young as being a single digit child. Yeah, let's talk about it. Well, okay, I'll go straight in. But you have a past with many different types of violence, uh, one of which was sexual abuse. Yeah. Something that you experienced as a kid. Yeah, it's experience. It was it was part of my life. Um, I'd been, I experienced sexual abuse from various family members um, from, from the age of seven. And it did not stop until uh, about 14 uh, when I I finally just had enough um, and, and ended up in foster care because of it. So, you know, that was, that was a huge thing. 
And what one thing I think is really important is that people are always asking, like, how do you get how do you get happy? How do you get successful? And no one really likes this answer. But I think a huge prerequisite to to joy is experiencing the full and opposite end of that spectrum, because when you know what the pits of hell feels like, then you you realize um, how fleeting joy can be and how important it is to to grasp that and hold on to that and renew it constantly. Um, so, so yeah. No, I, th- well, I, mean, I think that's incredibly important and I definitely identify. You and I have both been messed with by men in our families. Uh, and I think that it's kind of, I don't know, maybe gifted us a bunch of empathy and a bit of, and a bunch of insight and you're very open about the things that you've been through with your audience and with everyone. And you can tell me if you're not comfortable to talk about this, yeah. but you also found yourself in quite an abusive marriage. Of course, yeah. I'm like, not of course, but yeah, that that happened. Um, so yeah. And do you I, think yeah. do you think part of what you experienced as a child by various family members is what kind of set you up to not only then become a violent teenager yourself, oh, but be absolutely. someone who thinks that violence is kind of just a a part of your existence to tolerate? Like you saw it as a language that you knew how to speak when you sure. found yourself with someone abusive. Yeah, I mean. Even even outside of of the the sexual abuse, I I'm from a very violent city. I'm from Oakland, California, and you know, um, and a lot of times people joke about the violence, but it's serious. And I remember getting into my first uh, fist fight in the third grade, and you know they call my parent, and you know my parents like you know put her on the phone, and the first question that's asked is, "Did you win?" That, that's that's the level of violence Shit. that I came from. It's not, why are you fighting? Why are you hitting? It's, did you win that fight? And that was something that was extremely prized in my community, the ability to 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 fight and seeing that sort of violence. Um, even in high school, you know, I've, I've seen people be killed right in front of me. Like, that's just where I come from. And, and that's the life that I had lived. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, I didn't grow up with role models. I didn't either. I call them reverse role models. I grew up looking around me and being mm-hmm. like, great, this is everything I don't want to be. Now, the hardship is if you, even though you know what you don't want, you don't know how to not be that. And so it took me years of therapy and hard work and, and yoga and um, and self-advocating to, to figure out, even though I know who I don't want to be, how do I create mm-hmm. who, who it is, who it is that I want? Yep. Um, and so all of those lessons that you learn from from being in those being in those scenarios, um, each 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 day something happens and you're like, OK, boom, I won't do that. That's not going to work. That's going to get you killed, um, and and to be able to 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 come out of uh, with the, like come out the hood and, so and and not have that. Did you do therapy or anything, or has it just been? Yoga? Oh, okay, no, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. Just, I had like seven years like, of therapy. Fucking hell, I need to do yoga. Uh, <laughs> Yo- yoga, yoga definitely um, unlocked it. And what what people think that healing is like? Oh, this is so cute, and you're healed when you can, you know, like do do the splits. No, it's it doesn't look like that. It looks like you go to this yoga class and you 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 think you're you know going through the process and you lay down in savasana. That's where most people fall asleep at the end, and all you know is you're you know it's quiet and your eyes are just 
bawling and your your stomach is hurting because you know when you go through these yoga poses what you're doing in your body is almost uh it's it's almost ritualizing and opening up things these heart opening sequences they really do do that um and and I think one thing that people do not talk about a lot is the dark side of meditation. You know, a lot of people like the loud music that we teach in our class and like always having people around them because they are running from themselves. Yet everywhere you go, there you are. And in a yoga class, there's no running from you. You get to see exactly how you function in in hardship. So when you're doing a pose and you you can't just sit in that pose and you're fidgety, that tells me as your instructor and I'm looking at you that there's some shit that you just don't want to deal with because you're always trying to adjust, always leaving your job, starting a new relationship, um, trying something else, trying to start a new business. I can see all of that just by how you know, you're holding that pose or when people hold their breaths, that tells me that you're retentive and you're hold you're holding this shit in and you're about to explode because you're not breathing. And when you don't breathe, you die. And or you or even if you don't die, like you're you're not making good decisions because you're not getting the oxygen that you need. So although I am a huge proponent of therapy um, and and, you know, my my background, my educational background is in psychology. Yoga, I think, is is extremely complementary, and yoga helps you become more self aware of those areas um, of of opportunity. I don't want to say weaknesses. The areas of opportunity where you could um, add some extra attention. Yeah, and and intention to how you move. I'm going to need to get you back to talk to me all about yoga some other time. But we have all these <laughs> yes. questions to oh, answer. Oh yes, I want to answer the questions. But um, but last but not least, just to kind of finish your story of where you're at by the time I found you, uh, Brittany managed to get out of not only survive but escape her abusive relationship. Yes. Was able to get I a divorce. To say that. Sorry, guys. No, no, please don't be sorry. You're just like just bombing me with truth and it's wonderful um but you were able to get away and then found yourself unexpectedly falling in love instead this time with a woman yes who is now a kind of stepmother to your little one wait you have two i have two you have two so sorry to your little ones and and she is now the person who produces all of the music for all of your work to do with your trap yoga, et cetera, and all of your affirmations and your meditations. You are business partners. You Had you ever been with a woman before this? No, I had not. And so that was, that had really um, taken me by storm. <laughs> um, and we had worked together for over a year before, you know, anything happened. And, you know, it, it really opened me up. It had been such an amazing experience. And I have to jump to the end and tell you that we have ended our partnership. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. No, no, no. I it's, didn't know that. It's all good. It's all good. In 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 a, in a really great way. I believe and, and she believes that, you know, um, in divine appointments. And we spent the last two and a half years together in relationship. Mm. And she is still a part of the brand. She is still, you know, doing all those sort of things. But this company and what it is, this this calling on my life, um, I have to be transparent with myself and say, it is my first love. I have, I, I need 
to 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 do so much. And when I'm looking at this beautiful woman and all of it, all of these skills and things that she has, she's she was we, we were both married to the company and she deserves um, to to have a lover who can be um all the way there and 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 her to be the pinnacle. I'm still raising young children. I'm still like literally changing the world. I believe that that is what I'm doing. And I want to make sure that somebody as special as she is can have a partner who does not have a whole list of shit that goes above above love. So we are um, still friends. We are still working together very closely. But I wanted her to be able to open up um, and and find that romance. Well, now I want to marry you, but I can't because you've got your priorities, haven't you? <laughs> oh, you're such a good egg. Yeah. You're such a good Thank human. You. It's Thank so you. I've never heard someone talk so empathetically about a breakup in my entire fucking life. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it was, you know... Um, it, I guess you have to was, walk the walk, don't you? Yeah, I have to. You can't like, be a little have, shit about it. I can't be... Yeah. And, and, and honestly, you know, it's been great creating this company because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta be who the fuck I say I am. So if we go back to that abusive relationship that we talked about, um, the, one of the moments that had me understand that I needed to leave was I had a dream. And in my dream, I was dead. And I was actually witnessing in spirit form my own funeral. Stay with me, guys. And at the funeral, all of these wonderful people who I knew got up there and spoke about me. Longest fucking dream ever. And afterwards, my best friend found my daughter in a corner crying. And she went to my daughter and she said, why are you crying? Like, what are you sad about? And my daughter said, this woman that people speak about, I didn't know her. Because up until when I left my, my, my ex-husband, my daughter was six, I wasn't myself. And people knew me in a way that my daughter was never going to get to know me because I had swallowed and minimized and shrunken myself so small that, that I wasn't who I was supposed to be. And so mm. that dream helps me understand. And, you know, it took a couple of years uh, for, and, and, and again, I'm like, everybody go to therapy, therapy for my child. And now I'm looking at her 11 and, um, you know, I don't know if you see my stories or anybody. So, she was in a class mm -hmm. and one kid said, you can't say gay. Gay is bad. And my daughter said, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. Gay is a lifestyle choice. There's nothing wrong with being gay, bi, transgender. What's most important is that people are authentically themselves and that they show love. And she doesn't even know, like I hear her going off and I'm like secretly recording her. And I'm just like crying to see that I, that, that what my daughter has been able to to do is get comfortable and get that get rich quick on self-love, mm. right? I didn't find myself until I was 28. And to hear an 11-year-old advocate for people when she herself didn't even understand her own sexuality, like, you mm -hmm. know, or have any thoughts or conversations about that, that felt like a huge achievement because a lot of what I do is let me be my authentic self and encourage the world to do the same. And it starts in your home. So I think that that, you know, aside from 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 what Forbes has said about me and Essence and being able to sit on this platform and talk to you, all of those things are great. But what's been amazing is the work that I've been able to do in my very own house. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Oh, that's so good. I think... <laughs> 
mine is way less deep than yours maybe but it's mine has just been reaching my goal weight no uh mine has been <laughs> mine has been this entire movement of I weigh it's just a kind of ongoing proud moment being able to take all my pain when I was younger and managed to survive so many suicidal instincts to be able to stick around and find a way to turn it into something positive and loving and to find community as somebody who didn't really mm-hmm. grow up feeling a sense of family. So I, I guess like my Iway community, like all of you are my proudest achievements. And later it'll be all of the amazing life-changing work I do with Brittany uh, when we join up in some sort of big partnership, which should I definitely happen, please. It's going to happen. Oh, for sure. It's going to happen. Okay, so I'm not going to say their name, but this is a letter. So I'm sure you'll be inundated with questions. However, I've been struggling for a while and I wondered what you'd respond to this. I was in an abusive relationship for three years. Prior to this, I loved my body. I was never self-conscious. And since then, I've been told I'm disgusting. I've changed a lot as I've had a baby. My body is covered in stretch marks and I cry when I look at myself in the mirror. I've just started dating again. However, I can feel myself beginning to self-sabotage in order to ever avoid someone seeing me naked. I can't change my stretch marks or my lopsided boobs and I feel angry that a man has made me hate my body so much. How would you suggest I gain some genuine body confidence i'm so done with pretending thank you for reading and thanks for everything you're doing oh i fucking love that she's also differentiating between the kind of like toxic positivity that is mm-hmm. rammed down our throat so like, like just give, love give yourselves like give me something to fucking work with yeah. like, i can't i can't do po- body positivity i do neutrality which works for me but i am definitely kind of in a more secure space in my relationship than it sounds like this person is. As someone who's had a baby, who's been in an abusive relationship with someone who has minimised your sense of self in order to make you think you don't deserve to leave, what advice do you have for for this person? Yeah, I've got one, my heart, like my heart just kind of dropped a little bit. And I want to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that you're experiencing this and that that you feel alone. Um, But the good news is that feel alone is just a feeling because you actually aren't. There are communities out there what you've been able to accomplish with I Wei, what I have with the Trap Yoga Bay app and community. Um, you're not alone. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's start there. And um, on the light side, what I tell my community is um, you got two options when you don't like something about your body. You can either fix that shit or own that shit. And some things just can't be fixed, right? Stretch marks cannot be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to own it. And I used to feel that way. I used to be told by my ex-husband, you got two kids. Who's going to want you? Like, look at you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a boyfriend who used to... Uh put up pictures he had pictures up of Victoria's Secret models all over his wall and he would make a point of making sure that I could see that he was looking at those pictures while having sex with me wow I was very young that's a douche oh my god still what a fucking prick I hope you fucking grew up right (laughs) get your shit together sir um so so one thing I I had to do was to just push forward Hmm. and you know I, I I remember I had bought this two-piece and I felt good about it at home. But then as soon as I went out into public, I started to feel like, you know, when when you think you're confident, but then you realize like you're covering your stomach or you're like hunched over in the shoulders. And what I had to tell myself was you need to own this shit because what people love about you isn't actually your perfection. It's your confidence. People 
are drawn to the energy. People are drawn to the confidence. And so when I feel some kind of way about something, I, I, I force myself to just be be transparent about mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's not to say pretend like you don't feel it because that's toxic and that's bullshit. But if I look at my stomach and I'm feeling some way about my stretch marks, I'm actually probably about to post me and my stretch marks to be like, A, you know, I've seen too much shit in the world right now that's making me feel self-conscious. So he- he- here are some stretch marks. Get get used to it. I'm getting used to it. Or even just the other day, I had posted something, you know, telling people that I used to be a makeup artist in college and I gotten so used to wearing makeup that I couldn't look people in the eyes when I did not have makeup on mm. because I felt um, bare and raw and out there. And so when I realized that that was an, an addiction and I was on my way to body dysmorphia, right, mm-hmm. that I... I, I stripped it away. So so for, for me, that's really that idea of fix that shit or own that shit. But that's that's really bold that I'm asking. So I would say on the other end, um, which is f- fill those feelings and be compassionate and remind yourself of what that body has done. Remind yourself that this the, these stretch marks are, are, are proof of life. These stretch marks say that I have, I've created life. I've created something wonderful and beautiful. And let me tell you something. Um, a real man is not going to have an issue with you being a real woman. So if this new person that we're in a relationship with says things that makes you feel uncomfortable, it, it's, it's time to back the fuck up and, and, and reevaluate. Um, because someone who actually likes you for you, is not about to make you feel some kind of way because you have what I'm calling proof of life. Yeah. And feminism also like became a way for me to start to change the way that I look at my body. Yeah. You know, realizing that that the one thing that the patriarchy most don't want us to do in this generation is take up space, take up physical space. Obviously not to take up emotional, financial, intellectual space. But my God, the the attempt to get mm-hmm. us to minimize ourselves physically. Um, I talk about this a lot, but Catherine Ryan, who I've had on this podcast before said, you know, don't take up space. A man may want to build a golf course there. Uh, <laughs> I think it's so great. And now when I look at my body that is bigger than, you know, I was when I was younger or bigger than Vogue magazine or whatever tells me I'm supposed to be, maybe that's not fair, but bigger than like the fashion industry tells me I want to be. I, I now look at it as, yeah, damn fucking straight. I'm taking up space. And when I look at my my stretch marks, which I lovingly refer to now as my babe marks, I'm like, mm-hmm. these are yeah. signs. This is proof that I was here. I'm these here. are my cave paintings, you know? <laughs> I took up space. Yeah. Damn straight. Here I am. And so, you know, I think that more the more we kind of try to start intellectualizing this shit, as you said, think about what your body has been through, whether you've had a baby, whether you haven't, whatever you've done. Right. You are still alive. You are still here today, especially if you're a woman. What a fucking miracle to still be here today through all the bullshit that we survive. And look at your body as a machine. And remember that every time you are convinced that you should focus on what it doesn't do, that's just capitalism. It is. If they keep us disappointed, then we'll go out and buy stuff to fix what they've told us is broken, but it isn't. So every time you kind of start to intellectualize that and realize, that, oh, no, Gratitude is the truest rebellion. It is. it is. And so I think that's something that I find very helpful personally as someone who still has body dysmorphia, who had an eating disorder for 20 years, just so fucked in the head about the way that I look, still can't look in like a proper mirror. I, uh, looking at everything as machinery and mm-hmm. part of systems 
almost like I'm in the matrix and as if I'm a floating brain has completely liberated me. Absolutely. And we have to, we, we have to start to reprogram that thinking. And I have a client who, um, who, who's dealt with that. And for us, it started with, okay, you, you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror. So can we cover the mirror with, with positive affirmations? Mm -hmm. You know, can, can we start working on that? Um, can we, look at a picture of ourselves. We People don't talk about how hard it is to just look at themselves and to remember all of the beautiful things mm. about you. And, and I love that piece of gratitude. You're like, people, oh, you know, I don't like the way my feet look, but your feet have gotten you so far. Yeah. How do we, like, remember the functionality of it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, you know, we take care of ourselves is not for the edification of men. It is not to be consumed. It is so that we can do good work. The reason why I, I want to eat really well and I want to, you know, um, do yoga and all of these sort of things is not so, so that some guy can tell me that I'm hot. It's so that I can not have dis-ease in my body because if I'm experiencing physical discomfort pain i'm not i'm not um capable of having intellectual thoughts that are going to um progress uh, for and make a better world for women so again i love that idea of looking at your body as a machine yeah and and being grateful for what it does it's because service. it's so much more than just you know the 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 casing of our soul 100 percent. so much more than that thank you no well thank yeah thank you to to this person who was so open and honest with us okay so someone has said, as a part Asian woman, I struggled to toot my own horn and confidently talk about my success and things that I'm good at. I was raised to be modest and not ever make others feel less than. Mm. Noticing that people tend to get intimidated by some of the things I've done or am, I started to put myself down a lot, often using self-deprecating humor to make others feel comfortable and not come across as quote unquote braggy. This has backfired over the years and taken a serious toll on my confidence. And I struggled to strike a balance between being modest and if it's true, it's not bragging. And if it's true, it's not bragging. Watching you master this balancing act so elegantly and with unapologetic confidence is inspiring. Any advice on how to master this? Um, I mean, take it away, my confident friend. Yes. Uh, I would start with saying, stop saying bad shit about yourself. Yes. I, 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 I get so... And Did I'm you like, ever do this? Yes, I used to. Um, I've, we as women, we were all trained, and now I get really pissed off when it happens. Like you can probably hear the pissed off in my voice. Mm -hmm. Someone comes up to you and they're like, "Oh, you know, you have such nice skin." You're like, "Really? You see these three scars?" And it's like, "No, bitch, just take." Like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and so I have to. I've had to train myself to take a compliment yeah. without depreciating myself immediately. Do you after. find that sometimes when you just take the compliment, people are a bit like, "Don't yeah. know what to do now." It's almost oh. as if they're like sort of short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, people are like, uh, so people, you know, someone, you just say, oh, thank you. They don't know what to do. I, I and I, I, I take it one step further. Someone's like, you know, hey, you know, you look really nice today. I'm like, I know, thanks. Like I know, oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like oh I'm, God. I'm aware. Um, because <laughs> I'm aware. I, I am aware. Um, I don't want you because my confidence is not external. And I need people to understand. I need us to understand that whether someone is clapping for you or not, you are worthy. Yeah. Whether someone is telling you that you've done a good job or not, you've done a good job. And it's Georgia O'Keefe talks about this. She says that for her, and I think this is like, you know, her key to sanity, that compliments and criticism goes down the same drain. Just like because it. it shouldn't impact you really. 
like what you, someone else's just, opinion like if that's where our self-affirmation lies our sense of self lies then we're constantly in a balancing act of absolutely and 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 who i am i'm yeah. i'm as assured as i know when the difference between a, a sunny and a rainy day so the same way people come and they say oh it's you know it's a nice day it is a nice day and 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 that's and that's how i you know how i take it and so i would say at the at the very minimum we we stop talking negatively about ourselves mm. You stop that. And one of the ways that that I was able to teach myself that was to doubt my doubts. So if I'm getting ready, you know, and I feel um, I'm getting ready for an interview, or I'm getting ready for a date or whatever, and I feel inadequate um, and I'm like, this this sucks. You, you sound stupid, right? Like whatever that negative thought that I had, I would follow that thought up with being like, is that true? How? How? Like, mm-hmm. are you so sure about that? Um, there, There is that part of you that has to question the, those negative thoughts because those negative thoughts are actually not naturally yours. They are scripts that have been handed to you by things people externally have said to you over time. Mm-hmm. I did not. I, I when I was a, when I was in my 20s, I didn't value my body not because I was born believing that my body had no value, but because of the way that it was abused over years and the way that that it was um, commodified by society. Yeah, I believed that my body had no worth. So when when I was doing things, you know that that did not show my appreciation for myself. That wasn't because naturally I just wanted to self-sabotage. So I had to start taking those thoughts that I had adopted of as my own, but that was something that someone had said to me and start being like, do you pay rent here? Like, wh- wh- why does this <laughs> thought get to live in my mind that I'm not valuable? You, you don't... Yeah, I, call, I refer to it, it as the inner bully and Matt Haig talks about it being fake news. Mm, you know that your brain is just giving you fake news about yourself and I think it's so interesting so yes indeed we mustn't encourage the negative thought but then on top of that I think for me you know I've only I've really only found bragging in the last year and a half after I watched Shonda Rhimes stand on stage and say I am the highest paid showrunner in the world and this is a a black woman in her 40s in an industry that is so white and male and she has defeated everyone and has stayed at the top for over a decade and she was talking about the fact that women don't brag enough and it's true like we find it repulsive in ourselves we find it sometimes repulsive in each other and when Mm -hmm. we do that we are we are being bad sisters yeah we should encourage women to to boost themselves up because look at how often all of us are stamped upon we should be promoting that in each other i feel like something that something that you and i bonded over the first time like it was what, a year and a half ago a year ago <sighs> that we i mean even that panel that we did was like a yeah. year ago jesus christ but we've known each other a while and yeah. and that first lunch where we sat down together existing within the same world with not an element of competition yeah. just loving each other and admiring each other and working out like how can we work together how can we fuse all of this confidence all of Mm -hmm. these ideas all of this innovation all of the sisterhood together to to create something that'll heal everyone right and I feel like that's really important that women a don't cancel ourselves you know when in that way that a women don't criticize and and hurt ourselves and deny ourselves the right to feel proud and b don't do that with other women don't Don't. feel put off that's misogyny inside your head that is saying ugh, why are you allowed to brag about this we look at men as like respectable and and dignified and confident and almost sexy you know sometimes when they are confident about what they do 
And we deny ourselves the right. Absolutely. And if you look at uh, business statistics, the amount of jobs that men and women are both underqualified for, but men put themselves up for they and apply for get. them. Yeah. They, they just apply for them. I think that um, even, you know, people talked about this a lot, but I think it's still prevalent. That imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to say who I am because I don't even really believe that I am who I am. Um, and a lot of these, you know, accolades and all of these things come up uh, and, and we achieve that and we minimize those because we were hoping that, you know, when I got that that Forbes feature or when I got that, you know, the cover of that whatever. And and let's talk let's talk in layman women like, like I got the I got the promotion or I got whatever it is this this goal is. You thought that when you achieved that thing that all of your all of your self-confidence issues were going to be cleared and that you were going to feel like you were that woman and here you are with those things and you still don't feel like it so something is fake they're going to find me they're going to catch me and and you know and that's and and that's going to be a problem so i think another thing that we should be talking about is um whatever you've achieved you achieved it through hard work, through talent, through not giving up, and and in spite of all of the things that are happening in this world that are that are made to break you down, that are made to make you feel less self confident, that are made to make you settle for that sixty one cents mm-hmm. to the dollar, and so we we have to get more comfortable um, with with saying like no, that imposter syndrome, that's that, I'm out. I'm out. Did I did I achieve this thing that I said I wanted to achieve? And whatever it is that that desire is, if if it's you know, did I show up for myself? Did mm-hmm. I take did a I, risk? Did I take a risk? Did I drink more water? What like <laughs> d- d- how did how did I not erode my trust within myself? And when you start showing up for yourself and telling yourself, yes, I did that, and 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 not minimize what you have to overcome to literally just get out of bed in the morning then then that confidence starts to build up so um so so maybe even if we start acknowledging the small things that we do i did not feel like getting up today but i did mm-hmm. i did not feel like if we can get real honest i did not feel like living to see tomorrow mm-hmm. but i did and so that that is enough to qualify me as a survivor and anything I do above and beyond that is thriving. And I, I I have a right to feel good about my existence. And other people have a right to know it. And it and we don't brag just so that people can respect us. We 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 tell our stories and what we've overcome to inspire. Mm-hmm. The longer you're holding back that story and you're not saying, hey, this is what I've overcome. This is what I've been able to achieve. Those are many other people that you are not inspiring. And I believe, Jamila, that so much of what we've gone through in life is so that we can come out on the other side and say, hey, you can do it too. And so when you are denying people that testimony of your wins and of your success, mm. you are doing yourself a disservice and you are doing other people who are in this, who, ha- who have come from where you come from a disservice uh, to, to, to grow and move forward in life. A hundred percent. And that's so well put and so moving. And also just remember that we're in an abusive relationship with misogyny. Mm-hmm. All women are in an abusive relationship. You know, you and I have both been in abusive relationships where people have told, convinced us that we're not good enough because 
they want us to think that we aren't good enough to be worthy of leaving. You know, they 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 batter your not only your body but your confidence so that you don't you actually down. think there's any point in leaving. And it's the same thing. It's like we won't ask for more money. We won't ask to be allowed in the room. We won't ask to be respected or unharmed in our workplace if we think that we deserve those things. So if they keep gaslighting us about what it is that they think Absolutely. we fucking deserve, then we can never step into our power. And it's really only been, you know, I have a, a, a white male boyfriend. How dare I? Uh, <laughs> but I do. And he he is someone who's just kind of tried to like teach me the mentality of white male privilege. He's just like, there's no reason why you shouldn't have access to this mindset of yes, I can, or why not? And and he's taught me how to like stand up for myself and say no and walk away. And it's been so helpful and made me realize how much I've denied myself, how much abundance I've been, mm -hmm. I've had stolen from me or yeah. denied, you know, because I didn't know that I was allowed to fucking ask. So ask, they don't want you to shout, know worth. win, and remember that, you know, only the wrong people respond badly to confidence. Absolutely. I love your confidence. I, fu I fucking love your confidence. I want to be around it all the time. It nourishes me. Like I find you so inspiring. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I didn't even know so much about what you've been through when I first met you. And it was just the way that you held yourself, like the, the pride and the strength and the sense of understanding that made me just want to be your friend. Thank you. And so I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here. I learned my worth. I, yeah. and, and, and that's what's important. And, you know, even even as a yoga instructor, I know that I'm one of the more expensive and I've had big brands come and say, hey, we want to work with you. And I'm like, OK, cool. Here are my prices. And, you know, I've, I've gotten emails back saying, explain to me again why <laughs> why you believe you're worth that. And my response is this is non-negotiable. I'm not a good fit for you. Yeah. And and that's for anything. That's for friends. That's for, you know, relationships, whatever. When 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 I come authentically who I am and I make it very clear what I bring to the table and you ask me to come and sell myself again, I'm not a good fit. And and, and it takes a long time to get there. But um but you there's not enough time in the day to convince people to love you or to want to work with you or even at the very minimum respect you. So you 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 Keep your peace with you at all times. And when someone is disrupting that by making you feel less than or that you have to settle, and that's one of our ratchet affirmations, don't settle for no fuck shit, mm -hmm. or you have to settle in order to progress, that's not a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. Anytime I have to play myself or or play second fiddle to me, whatever you're offering is not a good opportunity. I'm going to walk away. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> God. Oh, you're my favorite. Okay. Someone says that they have been sexualized their whole life and they've been told not to wear leggings because people will think that they're a slut and that if they get dressed up, they'll get hurt and that they have to be careful around all men. And my question to you is, how can we make young female bodied people aware of the danger that comes with having a vagina while also making sure that they are comfortable wearing what makes them happy? Fuck me. I mean, what a question. Ouch. There are layers Ah, that hurts. I know. Um, and it hurts because it's, there. there's, I, I can see, it's not my truth. I can see the truth in that. And the, the well, there is truth. There, there is truth in the fact that men are, men can yeah. be like terrible, terrifying predators. A absolutely. And that's, and that's, yeah. and that's my highest point. My, the thing that hurts me the most about that question is 
Why the fuck is it my responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> to 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 show up in the world a way that is um, makes it easier for you to control yourself, you fucking animal? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I remember being in school and having a teacher tell me, you know, um, hey, that that skirt is going to make people interact with you in a certain kind of way or being sent home based off of something that I had on. And I just think that that's so fucked up that the expectation is that I Mm -hmm. behave in the world in a way that makes it easier for someone else to not be predatory towards me. 100%. 100%. Also, like, I was five. You were, what, eight? Like, I no, seven years old. Like, I was five the first time I was sexually attacked. Like, what was I wearing? Right. Like, what was I doing that was giving off sexual vibes? I didn't know anything about sex. So, and you, you had a vagina. That was your crime. Yeah. The, the crime, the, the, the thing that you did to elicit that was having a vagina. So, um, I want to say, I wish that that wasn't true. And, and I hate that, that, that adage of like, you know, boys will be boys. No, boys will be held accountable yeah. for, for the, for the shit that they're doing. So I don't want, I'm very hesitant to give advice on what you can do to make boys not be so predatory because it is not our responsibility to dress or behave in a way. Um, our responsibility is to, to, to give or not give consent and then everything else should be respected. 100%. I feel like it's not the advice that we should be giving to female own, I don't know, female body owners. We should instead be having all of these conversations with men. I feel like all, I mean, the predominant amount of podcasts about men. And I feel like they don't spend enough time talking about this. Like Men, male role models, male celebrities, male politicians, no one spends enough time talking about this. We are expected as a gender to sit there and work out, like, am I allowed to use headphones when I go home at night? Or am I being irresponsible with my life by listening to... Can I scroll the internet? Like, do I, like, what what does it mean if I go outside without a bra on... Um, um, how short is asking for it? We do death like, maths all the time, on. all day, every day. And so, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that you are right that there is danger. You should never feel as though you are eliciting anything by wearing leggings or a fucking thong down the street even. It is yeah. no one's right to touch you. You Absolutely. should try to be as safe as you can because unfortunately the truth is, the truth is people can be dangerous. And so you should try to be as, as careful as you are. But I can also tell you from experience, it's never been what I'm wearing that has gotten me attacked. I've always been covered head to toe when I've been attacked by a man. Every single time. Every single time there is not an inch of my body showing. It's not about what we're wearing. No. It, it, it's, it's not at all. And so, so yeah, I love, I, I love what you're saying. And I want to be very clear. There, there's no, um, I, I understand the inflection and tone in my voice. There was absolutely no judgment to her. No, um, for, no, no, for no, saying no. that no, I want to make sure them. that, um, you know, you got to get off on who you're mad at. And I want her to know it's not you. I'm just really um, sad that that has to be a question and that it is a relevant question. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to give advice on um, how to, how to, how to not uh, elicit predatory acts. Cause there's absolutely nothing that we can do, but educate men and, um, and ask the men who love us to hold the men who they love accountable yeah. for, for their actions. My boyfriend has only really like in the last couple of years because of spending so much time with me, started to understand what it's like to be a woman, how threatened we are. He also, he's got long, longer legs than me. So he walks a bit <laughs> ahead of me sometimes because he's yeah. just, he's just hyper and like a, a grasshopper. Um, and so he walks really fast and sometimes I get left behind a little bit just by maybe 10, 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I don't even notice anymore. And then it's only when a man will come up to me and be like incredibly inappropriate with me or sexually explicit with me that he turns around and realizes, fuck, I'm only 10 feet ahead of you or like a couple of feet ahead of you. And he thinks you're on your own and this is how he speaks to you. This must be your existence when I'm not around. And I think he's only just started to realize that we need to tell our brothers, we need to tell our sons, we need to tell our boyfriends, our friends, our teachers, everyone you know, all of your time should be spent that you want to have this conversation with men. Absolutely. And then encouraging men to have those conversations with each other. Right. Um, but, yeah. What they say, one one in three women will experience sexual assault mm-hmm. in their lifetime. And it's interesting, you know, I know so many women who've had similar experiences to you and I, but when you have a conversation with a man, they seem to not know any predators, any rapists. Yep. And it's like, no, you you you're in that barbershop. You mm-hmm. see you hear your friend saying rapey shit. You know, you you listen to the rap lyrics. You, you know, you see your friend getting belligerent when a woman is rejecting him while you guys are out. And you, you know, it's not enough to be like, man that's not me like no you need to sit him down and, and have a conversation we we can't kick it if this is how you treat or talk to women we like it's this is something there's a lot of things that we as women can do and um this this is not this, it's not our task it's 100%. not it's not it's not on us i feel like i can throw any subject at you i love having you here <laughs> um okay uh finally we're gonna go on what are your five best mental health or self-care tips Ooh. Oh, she's lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, number one. Okay, she's ready. Coming in hot. Yes. No is a full ass motherfucking sentence. <laughs> right? That is my number one self-care tip. You can ask me any day of the week. I'm going to tell you that. I do not have to explain to you why I don't fucking want it. It doesn't matter what it is. No is a full sentence. Oh okay. God. Number two is... I would say a big self-care tip is it is a dangerous sport to care about people who do not care about themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. People love to pretend like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm solo dolo. I can handle life on my own. We are communal creatures. We need community. And I've noticed that when I am surrounded by reckless people who self-sabotage, then they put me in harm's way. Mm -hmm. But how can I be mad? When you put yourself in harm's way. So I think realizing, right, like love people who love themselves, you know, and, and I, I think and that it doesn't mean that they have to be like fully formed at no, perfect mental no, health. No, no, like, no. but, you know, I had a conversation with one of my best friends in February where I was just like the amount of time that you have allowed yourself to kind of sink into this hole without really doing not just that, like everything, but anything to pull yourself out is now starting to say to me that you're okay putting us through the fear of worrying about you this much. Right. And I can't like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, but it's starting to hurt my feelings. Like before I just felt worried about you and sorry for you. And I thought that you would make some effort to kind of try and meet us halfway. But at this point it's starting to feel like you're okay being in free fall and letting us just kind of eat the debris Right. of what that looks like you know and I've had the same thing with my boyfriend I'm terrible at looking after my health and he gets really 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 mad at me and he's just like I shouldn't be forced to love someone who isn't looking after themselves and who therefore might not be here mm-hmm. in a couple of years I'm not going to invest all my love and my time in you if you're not going to actually go to the doctor <laughs> you know? exactly if you're not like- going to go you know and sort yourself out and like yeah. take your pills and do all these different things and it was such a huge wake-up call to me it was like two or three months into our relationship and it was such a firm, a firm message of, oh my God, yeah, it's really, 
It's okay to suffer, but if you're not doing whatever you can to try, whatever you have access to, not everyone has access to mental health care or a good right. doctor or a doctor, but just do what you can to show people that you are on that kind of upward journey with them. Exactly. And 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 I wasn't, I don't want to make it seem like, hey, you have to be, you know, like I said, fully formed. No, it's, no, no. it's, are we, oh wait, are we still complaining about the same shit that we were complaining about six months ago? And you've made no progress. And someone, you know, like me and you, who our hearts are on our sleeves, we love and we love wholly and fully. And it's unfair to us to be um, pouring into holy vessels. 100%. And so I'm not saying to be my friend or to be around me, you have to be put together and whole, but you have to be problem aware and have some desire. You, you, you have to want to be better because if not then I'm depleting myself and... And you are willingly depleting and me. Will, right. And and when you understand that, you now um, are, are cooperating, right? Are colluding with your own detriment and theirs because there, there's been no threat, mm-hmm. right? And, and I love the example you gave about you and your partner because it's like, hey, I really like you, but the way that you are acting mm-hmm. is as though you don't like you as much as I like you. And then then we're unequally yoked because I need us both to love you and I need us both to, to see a future together. So if we're going to do this, can we can we make sure that you can see tomorrow because I want to be with you in your tomorrow? 100%. So I think that a lot of times we talk about self-care and we could do the self-care things all day long, but until we start to create those boundaries and those barriers around who we let in our lives and, you know, what and how much energy we're putting out without having um, some reciprocity and some return, we are in the danger zone. Almost all of my clients that I'm working with, um, the biggest issue isn't isn't necessarily their unwillingness to change. It's the people around them who are greatly benefiting from them not loving themselves or not knowing their worth. And those are the people who are making it extremely difficult for them to um, find health and move forward. Mm -hmm. I I always talk about that being the only detox that you ever really need to do. Okay, number three. Number Number three. three. Okay, so no is a full sentence. It's a dangerous sport. Um, Let's see. Because I'm like, those, those... Those really, those are your your top two. I mean, I can jump in with one, which is, you know, I say a lot on this podcast, but anything that you think is too unkind or irresponsible to be said to a person that you love, you are not allowed to say that shit to yourself. Mm. We are not allowed to carry this double standard that we all carry, apart from Brittany, it sounds like, uh, now, um, that we all carry where we think that it's just open season on our own hearts. Mm-hmm. We we would never, ever, ever say the shit to our friends or our mothers or our sisters or just any woman in the street ever, the things that we say to ourselves. You're too fat for that job. You're too fat to be loved. You're too old for this, that and the other. You can't be fun anymore because you look like this. Your clothes aren't nice enough for you to leave the house today. Yeah. Your life isn't fun enough. No one's ever going to love you. You would never, ever, ever let anyone say that. Yeah, you'd be taking off your earrings. Someone said that to your yeah. best friend, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and and I, I tell my friends that. I was like, you know, if someone that I love is negatively talking about themselves, I say, don't talk about my friend like that. Like, yeah, and I'm exactly. talking to you about exactly, yourself. Don't yeah. talk about my friend like that. I don't like that. I wouldn't, yeah. don't, girl, I'll I say that to you. myself yeah, in my it. head now. I'm just like, don't, don't talk about my friend don't like that. I stick friend. up for myself the way that I would stick up for a exactly. friend in my own head. Exactly. And that reminds me, um, tip number four, breathe. 
think that's very nice. Yeah, really, yeah, is nice. That's good. Uh, you know, I don't do it. I'm English. <laughs> we just sort of just we just go hyperventilate as, through our lives as fast talking ladies. Um, Self care is breathing, and um, and when you add breath, you give yourself time to think and respond instead of react to everything that's going on around you. And I don't know what you mean. I'm not a reactive person. <laughs> no, not me, not at all. But if, if we're if we're being honest and we're talking about what patriarchy and capitalism. Um, they, where they thrive is in getting us to not breathe and getting us not to think for ourselves. They keep us so in chaos, yeah. Before you can even decide, you know, oh, I love, you know, this one part of myself. I accept, you know, my 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 arms. Then they're like, that's nice, but your stomach's not great. And if you're not breathing, then you're like, oh, uh, got to fix that really quickly. So, you know, um, before we respond or react to anything, to just take three seconds to take a deep breath and put some fresh oxygen to our brain, mm-hmm. slow it down. And, and, and even if it's not, you know, business and systems, if it's just someone trying to, to, to get a rise or trying to rob you of your energy, when someone says something ridiculous to me, you know, I'm staring you in your eyes. <sighs> All right. <laughs> right. And then we go back to, to tip number one, which is, ah, no. I love no. no. Um, shall I go in with a fifth? Yes, go for five. Okay, so five for me would be boundaries. I refer to this as the fuck shit detox that I've been on for about eight years. It's the only detox uh. I've ever successfully tried and stuck to, and it's been very good for my skin, um, where I do not allow any fuck shit into my periphery. So that means people, things, jobs. I have cut off family members mm-hmm. for many, many years now. Anyone who is not able or willing to meet me at my boundary, I just don't need in my life, you know, and it's a shame and it's sad, but also nothing is sadder than me eating shit for free. That's it. Truly. And so I think making sure that you are very clear, I think it's always important to fire a warning shot with someone. And if you find that they're doing something problematic and you think that there's a relationship worth fighting for there, offer them the opportunity, extend an invitation to meet you at where you're at. Say, these are my needs. This is how you make me feel when you don't meet my needs. Are you willing to be what I would need from you? And how can I be what you need? I love it. Outside of being your punching bag. (laughs) Outside of that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, then you're not telling someone they have to change for you. You're just saying, this is what I need. And if you want to be with me, this is the requirement. Yeah, exactly. I I love that. And a lot of times people, you know, we don't speak up or set those boundaries because we want to keep the peace. But if keeping the peace cost you your peace, was it really worth it? Hundred percent. It's a war inside your own head. It's 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 so it's 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 really not. And you can you can find another, you know, friend, you can find another job, you can find another lover, you can even find another maternal figure, but you will not find another you. And so it's so important that we reconcile and that we hold the relationship that we have with ourselves dear. And when I, I figured out who I am and who I wanted to be in the world. That was something that was really important to me, that people respected who I said that I am, even down to my own mother. Um, I remember, you know, um, after the the company had taken off and I had experienced uh, just 
fuck shit that I was canceling. And I called my parent to complain. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time. I said, well, you know how you get, you know, be careful. You don't want to punch her. You got a lot to lose now. And I'm like, no, I, I actually, I don't fight. I have not fought in 10 years. Um, I, I have healthier ways to deal with my anxiety. But when you say things about me like that, you are speaking that over me. And I think it's really important what you said. We cannot control people's narratives of who we are. But we can tell them, don't bring that shit to me. And so all the time, no matter what people say, you know, I don't, how how you feel about me is your business, but keep that shit to yourself. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to ask you to be someone that you are not, because I want you to be who you are willingly and authentically with me. And if if that is not what I need or what serves me in a way that um, that keeps me happy and healthy, then no. And that is where the ratchet affirmation comes from. You can accept someone for who they are and not fuck with them for the very same reason. Oh, what a way to end. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to definitely get you back to tell us more about your story, but you are a joy and everyone should follow you online. Where can they find you? Where would you yes. like them to find you? You can find me um, everywhere is Trap Yoga Bay. Um, Instagram, YouTube, all of that. Uh, you can download my app, the Trap Yoga Bay app. It is an amazing online community of about a thousand women. Um, we are doing yoga. We are throwing that ass in a healing circle and just lim- generally living sucker-free lives. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Love you. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. 